0: Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. Be sure and check us out and like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Telegram as well as on the website of libertyleadershipandlies.com. You can subscribe to notifications on the website to follow the blog there. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Again, that is Larry at Liberty and Now, on to the episode. Leadership. It seems that our national leadership, embodied in the ice cream connoisseur and child sniffer Joe Biden, as well as his completely ineffective, sleep-your-way-to-the-top sidekick Kamala Harris, it seems their hypocrisy knows no bounds in their positions of leadership. Which really should not surprise anybody. Liberals are famous for their hypocrisy. Let's keep with the dementia ward escapee for this episode, though, shall we? A few events on the playing field that is liberal hypocrisy concerning Sleepy Joe. Let's start with Thanksgiving while his and his political parties' policies since entering office have only served to worsen the economy and pile trillions of dollars of debt on the American people. In fact, it reportedly made this Thanksgiving the most expensive in history. So during this Thanksgiving holiday, where was the dementia ward escapee? How did he and his family spend Thanksgiving? Well, at the home of a private equity billionaire. An old family friend, as is being reported just like your typical Democrat politician, or just about any elected official. While their policies are directly impacting, in a negative way, the quality of life of nearly every single American, they are enjoying the high life. In fact, some of the reporting and justifying the Biden spending the holiday on the swanky, upscale island of Nantucket have stated that he and his family have spent most of their Thanksgivings there since the 1970s. Well, 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 what a coincidence. When did Joe Biden first get elected to the United States Senate? Well, that would be 1972. Coincidence? I don't think so. Also, did you all know what the average home price is on the island of Nantucket? Well, in October of this year, the median listing home price there was $3 million, while the median sold price is a little bit lower at $2.5 million. That sounds like a community that is suffering from the effects of Democrat policies, doesn't it? Sort of a Marie Antoinette moment for Sleepy Joe and his family. Let them eat cake. Of course, none of the people on the left will ever point out the hypocrisy, even those in the lower income tax brackets. They will still defend the political party that puts into place laws and policies that rob them of their sweat equity because somewhere out there, big government is giving them something for free. That is an example of great leadership, don't you think? Absolutely no shared pain and suffering. In fact, they relish their ability to spend the Thanksgiving holiday on Nantucket while most Americans are being crushed by the inflation and supply chain problems his administration is responsible for. So that is hypocrisy event number one there. Let's go on to number two. And there are a few events that I'm going to point out that tie into the first example. The first event is the pictures of the first family and extended family disembarking Air Force One on Nantucket. Please go and look at them. I'll even hang them up on my web page. So all of the Bidens are wearing the obligatory face diaper because there are cameras present, official photographers present. By the way, I mentioned extended family on purpose we, the taxpayers, are paying for the airfare of the president's adult grandchildren and their fiancé to fly on Air Force One. Again, this is so the entire extended First Family can enjoy their Thanksgiving together at a location where the average home sells for $2.5 million. The complete extended Biden family suckling at the taxpayers' teat and spending Thanksgiving all together. Whereas the price of gasoline and travel has risen so much in our once-energy independent country to levels that ensured family get-togethers like this Thanksgiving are very costly. Back to the photos, though. All of them wearing the face diapers. In a lot of the photos, some of the Biden family are not wearing the typical personalized face masks that most people that are dedicated to the science have been wearing for the past 20 months. Some of them are the disposable ones. What does that tell you? It tells me that they don't wear the mask frequently enough to have their personal mask with them. It tells me, and it should tell you, that they are government-issued masks. And they're issued solely for the purpose of the optics. And this is the second event it ties into. A recent tweet by Ms. Tal Copen, the Washington correspondent for the San Francisco Chronicle. On the 28th of November, she tweeted out a photo that the White House pool provided. Well, since the White House provided it, it should call its authenticity into question right there. The photo is of the dementia ward escapee meeting with a COVID-19 response team in the Oval Office. Well, by the way, we can't even be sure if it was the actual Oval Office or the mock-up one. Anyway, the photo has Joe and his team all wearing masks during the meeting. Wait, what is that? Didn't Sleepy Joe get his third vaccine booster back in September of this year? I mean, the pressure made a big deal out of it, especially the fact that old Joe qualified for the booster for, well, because he's old. And it had been more than six months since he received his second dose of the vaccine. Three shots in less than 10 months, and it does what exactly? We don't know that for sure because the FDA will release the data on the trials on it only bit by bit for the next 55 years. Isn't that special? Let's get back to that photo in the Oval Office, which Oval Office we're not sure In the photo, nobody is within six feet of the three-shot recipient sniffer-in-chief, not even old Dr. Fraudgy. Yet there sits Joey Bag of Donuts in a meeting with his advisors wearing a mask. Let me ask you this, dear audience. Do you think that anybody on that COVID-19 response team did not receive a test before meeting with the President of the United States? Do any of you think that the President of the United States has not tested regularly To ensure that his triple vaccinated self is not carrying the virus? You know the answers to those two questions. So why? Always ask the why. Why would the White House release the photo of the meeting showing everybody wearing a mask? Why would the White House release photos of the entire extended family getting off Air Force One wearing masks? Especially since, and now we get to the third example of liberal hypocrisy orchestrated by the usurper-in-chief and his handlers, Remember to keep the first two examples of hypocrisy in mind when we discuss this next series of photos. While shopping in the quaint and very expensive town of Nantucket while vacationing with his extended family at the taxpayer's expense, an intrepid photographer was able to get a picture of the old guy maskless in a store called Murray's Toggery Shop. Clearly visible in the photograph is a sign on the front door of the store that states face coverings are required. And the usurper-in-chief has constantly stated publicly that wearing masks saves lives. He, and or his handlers, even arranged official photos show him wearing a mask all the time. We just discussed two instances. Look at the photos I hung up on the website libertyleadershipandlies.com. These photos are unofficial press pool photos. They're photos of Sleepy Joe walking around the uber-rich town of Nantucket on his taxpayer-funded vacation maskless. The hypocrisy of the new aristocracy is outstanding. I'm surprised that I am not numb to it. I imagine that a lot of Americans are numb to it because there are few that call them out on it at all anymore. And that is exactly what the new aristocracy counts on. That is apathy of the electorate. The photos I put up of old Joe being maskless in Nantucket, as well as the official press pool photos of being masked, should be all the evidence any sane person needs to understand that masking is a farce. That the vaccines and boosters are a means to control a population with fear. Government creating and feeding fear of a virus with a greater than 99% chance of surviving. Government dividing the citizens into new types of segregation and hatred. Our own government that has caused people to go on to social media and encourage the killing The murder of people that are unvaccinated. I'll hang a screenshot up on the website of an individual that wants the government to line up the unvaccinated in front of trenches and get the shot. Meaning, as this individual clearly states, get the vaccine shot or get shot and thrown into a ditch. Much like every socialist or communist dictator has done to their citizens that stood in opposition to their power grabs. That screenshot is the truest example of what the left wants. As I have told you all many times before, watch the liberals long enough and they reveal exactly who they are. This is what the people in leadership positions in our own government want to happen in our republic. The infighting is necessary. The crushing of our private health care system with mandates and taxpayer money are all by design. When the private healthcare industry is overwhelmed by huge losses of professionals that refuse to give up their sovereignty of their own body, who do you think will step in and da-da-da, save the day? Uncle Sucker, that's who. Then every American will get to understand what veterans go through in a rationed care system that is the Veterans Administration Healthcare System. Let's pause for a word from a supporter of this podcast. Are you looking for a vacation that offers excitement and peaceful tranquility? You can get both right here in East Tennessee. Sevierville, which is the home of Dolly Parton and the world-famous Dollywood, in addition to the many family-friendly attractions in Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, provide the fun and excitement to the tranquil backdrop of the beauty of the rivers, streams, waterfalls, hiking trails, and mountaintop views in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Sean Kelly and his family would love to encourage you to consider vacationing here at the Gateway to the Smoky Mountains. While there are several lodging companies you could choose from, Sean and his family have over 75 years of experience in the hospitality sector. If you are looking for a company with hometown values, where quality accommodations and cleanliness are paramount to your overall guest experience, look no further than Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee. Book with confidence and be sure to tell the Kellys that you are their special guest to receive a 10% discount on reservations. Please be aware, though, that some restrictions do apply. So call now, toll free at 866-289-8818. You can also look at their cabins online at www.smcabinstn.com. So call now and book your vacation here in the Smoky Mountains with Sean and the Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee staff. They are experts in creating mountain memories one stay at a time. Once again, the number is 866-289-8818 and the website is www.smcabinstn.com. Be sure and let Sean Kelly and his team know that you heard about them on this podcast when booking your vacation here in the Smoky Mountains. Back to hypocrisy and leadership. You know, and one of the things that is necessary to be a successful leader is you must be transparent with the people you are charged with leading. Open and honest. Transparency in words and deeds gains the trust of every person involved. Without trust, there cannot be a true leader-follower relationship. And that organization will fail. With our national leadership, you get what we have right now in terms of federal government and the citizens of this republic. You get the do-as-you-are-told-and-not-as-I-do mentality. No transparency. No trust. The rules for thee and not for me Crowds serving at the highest levels of local, state, and federal governments. The only way that leadership style, autocratic or despotic, can stay in positions of power is when the followers no longer care what happens to the whole group just as long as they are personally left alone. Again, that is exactly what we have here in our republic. And it is people in leadership positions of both political parties. The left, or the Democrats, do not have a monopoly on this at all. We can look at the recent legislation passed by the extraordinarily rare third special session of the Tennessee General Assembly last month. With a GOP supermajority in both the House and Senate, did they pass any bills with teeth in them that protected every citizen of Tennessee? We already know the answer to that. In the second special session of the General Assembly, they incentivized a multi-billion dollar company to locate a facility in our state by giving them nearly a billion dollars of our sweat equity, taxpayer funds. Then, when these lawmakers get into the third special session... They allowed that same company to bully them into watering down or weakening legislation that would have protected every citizen from overreaching mandates. The General Assembly, in fear of losing federal money, also created carve-outs in their protections of Tennesseans' liberty for any company or organization that receives federal funding to allow federal and not state guidance on mandates. Armed with history, and with the words of one of the authors of the United States Constitution, Thomas Jefferson, what did they do with regards to nullification? Well, they passed a joint resolution that has zero power. And here's what that resolution states. Be it resolved by the Senate of the 112th General Assembly of the state of Tennessee, the House of Representatives concurring, that the state of Tennessee condemns any attempt by the federal government to penalize or tax citizens of this state in an effort to enforce an unconstitutional mandate Regarding COVID 19 vaccinations or other COVID related restrictions and requirements. Be it further resolved that it is the right of the General Assembly to enact such legislation as it deems necessary to nullify actions taken by the federal government regarding COVID 19 when those actions violate the United States Constitution. Be it further resolved that the Tennessee General Assembly urges the Attorney General and Reporter of the State of Tennessee to initiate or intervene in one or more civil actions on behalf of the state of Tennessee, or, in the alternative, seek appropriate relief in a federal court of competent jurisdiction regarding COVID-19 mandates issued by the federal government, and any actions taken by the federal government, including the President of the United States, the head of any department or agency, or any other employee of the executive branch of the federal government, in violation of federal law or as prohibited by the Tenth Amendment to the United States Constitution, or any other statutory or conditional provisions of the United States or the state of Tennessee with respect to the implementation or enforcement in this state of any provision of the federal government's mandate that it requires a citizen of this state to either receive a COVID-19 vaccine or submit to routine testing. Wow, a whole bunch of words about resolved in there. How resolved will they be when federal funding, meaning our tax dollars, are threatened for the citizens of their districts? their resolve will dissolve faster than a liberal's principles. In essence, the state is still enabling the bad behavior of its child, the federal government. Is that exercising leadership in their roles, as what Thomas Jefferson stated, the true barriers of our liberty are our state government? Urging, not directing, the Tennessee Attorney General to seek relief from federal overreach in federal courts is laughable and will take longer to resolve in the court system than Biden's presidency and legacy will last. Bringing it to the court is what Thomas Jefferson warned about when talking about nullification. He stated that to consider the members of the Supreme Court as the ultimate arbiters of what is or is not constitutional would be dangerous. He stated that method would place the citizens under the despotism of an oligarchy. The General Assembly, through their toothless joint resolution, are truly being the enabling parent that threatens punishment for bad behavior, yet never follows through with punishment. And who ends up suffering? Of course, the citizens of Tennessee do. And even our GOP governor, Rhino Bill Lee, refused to sign that joint resolution and returned it to the General Assembly, unsigned on the 22nd of this month. Spineless, feckless leadership. Violating their oaths to protect the rights of Tennesseans. The whole General Assembly knew before going into that special session that it would only be smoke and mirrors. They, and now in just three days, passed bills without any teeth in them to fight against federal overreach just to placate voters back home so they can get reelected next year. Is that the type of leadership and government that we deserve? Is that the type of leadership that we elected on the state and federal level? On the state level, we the citizens, through generations of apathy, have forgotten this cornerstone element of our Tennessee Constitution that states that all power is inherent in the people and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their peace, safety, and happiness. The best way to peaceably do that is through the election process. A majority of these people are up for re-election next year. There has been some hard pushing the past few years by those on both sides of the equation for a less than peaceful means of resolving federal overreach. Once again, though, I want to remind the audience that we, the people, have the best weapon possible in the fight against government overreach. We just have to train on this weapon system. We must become proficient in the use of this weapon system. And our weapon system is our state and federal constitutions. We have forgotten how to use them and enforce them. As I warned you many episodes ago about the word and process of nullification, politicians want to link that term to what started the Civil War. They have to fall back to that because they need to distract from the reality of nullification. It's true that South Carolina broached the idea in 1832 about federal overreach, However, Thomas Jefferson introduced the term in 1798, a mere nine years after the Constitution was ratified. Also, Alexander Hamilton, a founding father that was in favor of a powerful central government, believed that no legislative act contrary to the Constitution can be valid. Kentucky and Virginia started the use of nullification in 1799, and it didn't result in a civil war. Thomas Jefferson stated of the Kentucky Resolution that nullification is the rightful remedy against infractions of the Constitution. In fact, states have used nullification in the modern era that have not resulted in a civil war. And up until recently, most citizens in the United States agreed with the principle as well. In a February 2010 Rasmussen pool, nearly 60% of likely voters believe that the individual states, the creators of the federal government through the compact of the Constitution, should or do have the right to opt out of federal government programs of which they do not approve of. Before we move on, let's pause for a word from another supporter of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area, Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Rose area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia and the phone number is 757-962-0102. Back to leadership. Our leadership needs to use nullification against federal overreach. Our citizens need to get rid of their apathy and call out every politician on their hypocrisy. Servant leadership in elected office, like our founding fathers intended, is desperately needed to save our republic. Our constitution is the best and most powerful weapon the citizen has in our arsenal, to fight back against the federal government. To return it to its constitutional boundaries of limited power and authority. To return the federal government to its role of protecting the rights of the citizens. We've discussed how these so-called leaders in our federal government regularly exceed their authority. They abuse certain words in their enumerated powers clauses the General Welfare, Commerce, and Necessary and Proper Clauses of Article I, Section 8. The authors of the Constitution and our Founding Fathers all agreed there are no supplementary powers granted through the clauses of Article I, Section 8. In other words, Congress only has the power we granted to it in the very specific enumerated powers. James Madison stated of the Necessary and Proper Clause, it it, Cannot too often be repeated that this limited interpretation is absolutely necessary for the clause to be compatible with the character of the federal government, which is possessed of particular and defined powers only. It does not grant the federal government general and indefinite powers, despite what the past few generations of elected federal officials have told us. Alexander Hamilton, the founding father that was a huge proponent of a powerful central government, even stated that. Whatever is not expressly given to the federal head is reserved to the members. Members meaning the states. Meaning that the Constitution only granted specific powers in Article 1, Section 8, and everything else was reserved to the states and the people. As a reminder, there is no authority in Article 1, Section 8 that grants Congress the power to remove the sovereign control over your own body. There is not anything in our Tennessee Constitution that grants anything like that to our General Assembly. Therefore, it is a right of the people, one of those inalienable rights, those self-evident rights that it seems like all levels of government have either forgotten or purposely ignored for a few generations now. Relying on courts to resolve these issues resulted in the decision in United States v. Butler in 1936 in the decision, the Supreme Court stated the power of Congress to authorize expenditure of public monies for public purposes is not limited by the direct grants of legislative power in the Constitution. So, what we have there is a branch of the federal government deciding what limits there are on the federal government's constitutional authority. Isn't that just special? The Supreme Court exceeding all power that Article Three of the Constitution gave it. More than 100 years before that decision was handed down from on high, we were forewarned that it would happen. Joseph Desha, governor of Kentucky in 1825, noted, What chance for justice have the states when the usurpers of their rights are made their judges? And he went on. He said, It is believed to be the right, as it may hereafter become the duty of the state government to protect themselves from encroachments, and their citizens from oppression by refusing obedience to unconstitutional mandates. This is why nullification issues taken up by the individual states should not be in the form of resolutions that have zero legislative authority. Those resolutions that express the sense or opinion of the legislative body. There needs to be action by local and state legislative bodies against the overreach and hypocrisy coming at us from the federal government where the politicians are elected to be servant leaders, but instead they have become autocratic or despotic leaders. How do we fix this? A lot of people ask that question. What can I do? There's nothing I can do. My vote doesn't matter. Well, here's what you have to do. Here's what we all have to do. We have to get involved. Everybody that wants a return to a limited government as defined by state and federal constitutions involvement by the people that want to ensure that all levels of government only govern with the consent of an informed electorate. People need to get involved to ensure that government no longer governs by the apathy of the governed. As Thomas Jefferson stated, I know no safe depository of the ultimate powers of society, but the people themselves. We have all been witness to the lengths elected officials in our nation's capital and our state's capitals will go to to ensure they stay in power. They forget their oaths of office, which is an oath of servant leadership, once they settle into a position of authority that is expanded by the apathy of the electorate. So, get out there. Run for elected office in your city or county government. Run for your school board. Run for state offices. It is time to send the usurpers of our liberty packing and replace them with servant leaders that believe in and will adhere to the principles of our founding documents. Before we close the show, I would like to leave you with this from God's word, Isaiah 30:21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That voice is speaking louder and louder from your fellow citizens. We know what is right and wrong because that voice tells us. Our Creator guided our Founding Fathers to create this constitutional republic because they listened more attentively to that voice. We have not given any attention to that voice for generations now. But after seeing the disasters that our federal and state governments have become over the course of multi-generational apathy, some people are waking up. After seeing the curriculum that our children are being indoctrinated in while they attend government schools is waking up parents to the disaster that is our quote-unquote public school system. After seeing the rules for the and not for me crowd telling us to cover our faces and the faces of our children for the good of society yet they don't, People are waking up. And if they are not waking up, they are quite comfortable in having a nameless and faceless entity telling them how to live their lives. That faceless entity, government, in this era is only concerned with how much tax revenue it gets from its citizens. Everybody must wake up to all of what is going on and get involved become the servant leaders our republic needs to survive. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.